0: How's about we write some more stories? How's about we tell some more tales? Gather round the fire, maybe read for just a while And we'll listen to the stories unveiled Oh, we'll see if we succeeded writing stories No one needed from suggestions that you
1: shared Hello, and welcome to the S'more Stories podcast. Welcome to the campfire. Uh, as always, we are glad that you're here joining us for some good stories, some good conversation. I am, of course, your host, Colby McHugh. Um, and and the open secret of this podcast, I've made I've made no attempt at hiding it, is I want to hang out with my friends, and I want to learn more about them, and I want to learn their secrets and steal their secrets and use those secrets for myself. And um, of course throughout this uh, the history of this podcast, I've spoken with family members, I've spoken with people who I don't know. But for this episode, I'm so incredibly excited to be joined by somebody who I have known for uh, at this point 26 years of my 31 years on this earth. Uh, one of my oldest friends on the entire earth, uh, Matt Cleveland. hello, Matt.
0: Hey, hey. Uh, first time. Long time? No, long time first time. There you go. That's what it is. I'm a long time first time. Been listening to this show since its inception. Uh, big fan. Glad and honored to be to be here.
1: And and I think, that, I mean, I have so many questions to get into before we even jump into our stories, which I'm also excited to to hear about. But we have spent so much of our lives being friends that I don't know if we've ever done anything like creative necessarily together which makes this even more exciting, I think.
0: Yeah, no, I, I definitely would say we've never ventured into creation of something for someone else to listen to, watch, hear, whatever. You know, we've just always hung out, done dumb stuff. You know, that's kind of been our MO, so it, it, I our agree. Our MO yeah. is just doing dumb yep, stuff. that's, that's essentially it. So, <laughs> so yeah, accurate. I can't say we've ever... Uh, Partnered on a project, unless it was maybe for school one time.
1: (laughs) And and if we're being honest, nobody wants to see whatever whatever project who worked because those are dumb too. Yes,
0: those are definitely dumb too. So
1: equally dumb. Yeah, uh, we we were sports kids. We we played uh, sports growing up. We played basketball together. We were on uh, all the teams together growing up. Um, Yeah, and that of course bonded us in in a very specific way that I think as an adult I I can appreciate like because not just you and our friend group, we have a group of like four or five guys that we've known for that exact amount of yep. time, pretty much like 20, yeah, 25 all around years. The same,
0: same time for the most part.
1: And so as I'm getting older, I'm realizing like how rare that is and how important that is. And so, yeah, I want to like take advantage and like, let's try something new. Let's, let's venture into the world of storytelling. Uh, and that's something I definitely want to talk about as well, because we have the exact same education basically growing up and, from my perspective, we weren't really ever encouraged to to like do any sort of creative writing.
0: No, you're you're exactly right. I, you know, in preparation for this podcast, I thought about like when was the last time I wrote something that was not a school paper, you know, that was just I mean, you know, even just fiction. You know, when yeah. was the last time I wrote fiction? And the answer is, you know, I don't remember that. I, it was probably you know, sixth grade where there was like a chapter about creative writing. And so like, you should write a short story. That was probably the and extent that was of what we got. Literally probably the last time. Because then from then on, it was just curriculum, English, Essays, yeah, writing book, book, reports. book reports. Yep. Yeah. So for me, you know, it's definitely not something I've ever did in my past. And it's not something I do now. So this is, you know, maybe a departure from some of your guests up to this point. I don't have a history or a background in doing anything like this so this for me is completely new um you know i've we can get into it but i've i've got some things that i'm taking from that have you know informed this process and and turned this story into something um but yeah no real background doesn't have anything to do with my current life yeah being this kind this kind of creativity so yeah it's all new
1: and i think that's i think that's important like i want to have different types of guests on here and so that's people who do, who have written stuff who people who have never written anything i think it's there's conversations and things that i can learn from from all types of people and so i'm even more excited to hear what kind of story that you have you've written especially based on the topic that we will reveal <laughs> uh soon don't worry yeah um but- yeah
0: it's um no it's exciting i'm i've you know the more i listen to the podcast i listen to every episode you know some of the people that i've heard on here i know uh some i haven't um you were taught by uh Ad yeah as that's well. right yeah he he to me he's coach cantrell he was my coach mm-hmm. um not for baseball no i was never that good at baseball um and yeah it's just it's interesting. Every time I heard one, I was like, you know what? I think I want to do this. I think I want to try this. Uh, we had spoken about it a little bit here and there about like, Oh, let me see that topic list. I want to take a look. Um, but I'm glad that I, you know, just the more I heard, I was like, yeah, I want to try this. I want to try this. So it kind of listening to the podcast itself, you know, kind of pushed me over the edge to to really give it a shot.
1: That makes me even even more excited to to know that like hearing other people tell stories kind of gives you some inspiration to be like, Oh yeah. Like, this this doesn't feel like a challenge that is impossible. It feels like something that, that you could do, you know?
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. It's you know, I I don't think of myself as this like just lacking creativity. I feel like I can be creative. I like think I have that in me. Mm-hmm. It's just not something I ever practice, like really ever. Yeah. Uh I, you know this about me, but I am an avid just consumer of other people's creativity. Mm-hmm. Uh constantly watching movies, TV shows, playing video games. You know, I read the occasional book here and there. I'm not a huge book reader, but, you know, um, and just kind of appreciating what I'm enjoying, what I'm consuming. But I I, I spend a lot of my time when I'm not working. I spend a lot of my time consuming Mm -hmm. stuff. Stories, Uh, stories Stories of all kinds. Yeah, I love, I absolutely love stories. Yeah, more often than not, what I am consuming is fiction. You know, it's not, I'm not spending tons and tons of time watching you know, documentaries. I, I do watch the occasional documentary and they're they're great. I I watch one reality TV show in Survivor, which is obviously our favorite. Uh this but, could turn into a Survivor yeah. podcast real um, quick. But other than that, I'm not a huge reality TV guy. It, most of everything I watch is fiction. Uh I just love stories, storytelling. Take you know, an opportunity to escape from real life is awesome. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> is- real life can be you know, from the work side of things can just be boring or stressful. So it's just awesome to have stories around, you know, but yeah, yeah I haven't really ventured into telling them myself.
1: That's kind of how I feel too, where it's like stories are so important to just my everyday life, whether it's like listening to a podcast or just, you know, watching a, a bad movie just cause I'm sitting at my desk and I don't really want to be working on something like there, there are stories all around, even if I'm not really like paying attention to them that often. Um, and I think it, it is it's interesting from your perspective because you mentioned that, like, you know, you're not like a, a person lacking in creativity. I know that you're a, a person that doesn't lack in creativity because we've known each other for so long. Um, we did in high school take an art class together, and I wouldn't say <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that we took it seriously no, necessarily. I didn't take
0: much seriously <laughs> when it came to school. Uh, yeah, I had a few. I had a few projects that I, that I was able to kind of turn into something, but uh, more often than not, my skill with a paintbrush or a pencil is, uh, is definitely lacking. That's, that's not where my creativity comes into play.
1: We spent a lot of that class together. Uh, just, just goofing off. Yeah. Playing music that we shouldn't be listening yep. to in a, in a Christian school that we went to. Yeah.
0: Being disrespectful to <laughs> the teacher as dumb high school kids are. Yes. Want to do. Yes. Um, so, yeah,
1: and it, it's it, but I, it's it's so funny to me when when I think about our, our kind of creativity output growing up in high school, middle school, all that stuff, because because it, it wasn't really a part of our lives. And so but in high school, you were required to take a fine arts credit. And so to to satisfy that requirement, we basically just, you know, took an art class because we thought it'd be fun. And yep. and it was me, you and a couple of other of our, of our other friends. And yeah, it was just us messing around it was basically study hall for us. Look, yeah. looking back
0: had a lot of those <laughs> like
1: i think i like if i had took an art class right now i think i would enjoy it i think i would like sure. try hard i think yeah I would enjoy the the process of like trying something new yeah
0: there's tons of stuff looking back where i'm like man why didn't i get into that why didn't i try that like we had a broadcast class like that could have been fun mm-hmm. i would have enjoyed that uh back then it was just all about whatever was easier however we could goof off right um but yeah you know like you said Even then, even with a couple of those options, there wasn't really a huge encouragement to just do your own, like write your own story, do your own thing. It was like, you know, here's, we're in art class. Here's what we're doing this week Mm -hmm. and come up with your own version of that. We're doing a clay thing this month. Here's a clay thing (laughs) that you don't want to do, but do it and try to make it look good, which is basically impossible. Like, (laughs) I think the percentage of the class that actually makes something good is usually like 10%. If that. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I And you mentioned earlier something that hasn't really been talked about a lot on this podcast. And I think it's something that I definitely want to dive into because uh, video games are something that we haven't really discussed much uh, on this podcast. Not to say that people who are guests are not gamers necessarily, but in my immediate friends in my life, like you are the person that consumes and probably plays the most video games. We literally have like a side group text we have our big group text with our other friends of course but then we have a smaller side group text with me you and hopefully another guest seth
0: aptly named it nerds nerds with a z Z. (laughs) uh but yeah just talking about the video games talking about just you know the star wars stuff the marvel stuff the stuff that we all kind of enjoy that we've grown up on and now and we've you know consumed together at an early age and are now consuming together uh, as adults you know that kind of stuff just sticking with it uh, but yeah, I do. I do play a lot of video games, uh, but I'm not your Call of Duty, you know, FPS online mm-hmm. streamer. That kind of that, those aren't the kinds of games I play. I, you know, I play the games that have a story to tell. Like yes. those are those are my favorite types of games. Uh, and just the idea of being able to enter into that story and have an impact on it as it's being told is is it's a cool feeling. There's a lot of great games out there that have good stories. There's a lot of games out there that have terrible stories. Yes. You know, it is what it is. Like yes. they're not, they're not perfect. Um, but there are some that have great stories. Yeah. Uh, and you know, you're seeing it right now with the last of us, um, an absolute, just spot on, uh, rendition of the game. Mm-hmm. Like they, they have not, they've made a few small departures, nothing that has anything to do with the main line of the story. And it's excellent. It's one of the best shows right now for sure and Easy. could I mean you could say it's one of the best shows in the past few years it's mm-hmm. it's just excellent and everybody's watching and that is a game that has a good story and they do exist uh, I know a lot of people probably uh, shit on games for you know just being about playing but you know some of them do have great stories there's there's a handful that could be made into a TV show and they're working on a few of them but TV show mov- movies are tough yeah I think the TV show is the is the way to make that happen because games are long. Games They're are way longer. Long. <laughs> They're way longer than any movie. Uh, they need multiple hours to be told, um, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you that every game needs a, needs an adaptation because there's been so many that have gone poorly. And honestly, it's The more Last often of
1: Us is maybe the first good one. It's
0: it's the only good one. Yeah, uh, There's like a corner of the market out there that thinks sonic the sonic movies are like good versions of it. it's like they're bad they're but that's the bar yeah. that's and that's just from the bar yeah. the bar is so low that they're mm-hmm. like wow well, you know the sonic ones are pretty good they're not great but they're at least passable right um but yeah last of us is the one so if you're not watching last of us watch it it's just like the game or play the game great game
1: and it really fills the the kind of game of thrones shaped hole of oh, sunday yeah. night like but like, like everybody on Monday wants to talk about what happened in the last of us, yeah. which is a great like communal feeling of like, everybody's kind of watching it together. It
0: yeah. That, that monoculture yes. that was created by game of thrones and came back with house of the dragon. Mm-hmm. I thought at least a little bit. Yep. Um, But other than that, you just, yeah, you just don't get it. Like there's some huge shows out right now that not everybody's watching. It's just, that's just how it goes. Yeah. But yeah, these HBO premiere sunday night shows those are the ones that people love to tune
1: into the big slots yep. um yep. let's talk about a little bit about um back back to video games in general mm-hmm. because if you had asked us in high school like that that video games would have turned into what they are now as far from from a story perspective from a like an art perspective mm-hmm. um i never could have guessed like a last of us would exist no at this point um no, talk yeah. about like the difference between how They've progressed and evolved from like growing up to right. what they are now because you consume so many more of them now probably than back then either. Absolutely,
0: yeah. I, I I did think about that to myself. I like I never used to to want to consume them as much as I do now. I it, back in the day it would be I'll play one every now and then, but I would mostly focus on. We were in high school playing Call of Duty yeah. or FIFA or whatever Halo. you know multiplayer games. Sitting on the couch was the thing. That was you know that's what you did then and nowadays that's pretty much gone. You know, everything is online. There is no couch co-op, as they call it these days. There aren't games like that. But back in the day, that's all we did. So I wasn't consuming these games that had these amazing stories. And there, there really weren't that many of them. Uh, I, re- I think I remember the first time playing a game for me where I was like, I'm playing a movie, was like Bioshock. Oh, yeah. that. And that was when we were in high school. That was yes. probably when we were I don't know, 10th grade, 10th, 10th, 11th, maybe even earlier. But that was like the first game where I was like, this is a game that is not co-op. It's not shooting each other. It's not beating someone else in something. It's just playing it. And I want to play it. I'm like, I want to get through the story. Um, and there was, yeah, there wasn't much like that. And then, you know, get in college, just more and more of that, like the idea of like playing a movie. You know, like that was like mm-hmm. the idea. it's like, that was the draw. It's mm-hmm. like, this is like a story that you interact with. Uh, and more and more games came out where you could make the choices that actually alter the end of the story. And that just kept going and going. And nowadays they're releasing 10 games like that a year yeah. where the story is so good. And, you know, you played the previous one. So you got to see what's happening in the next mm-hmm. one, that kind of thing. Uh, and it's just kind of snowballed into this, that's that's popular. Yeah. Obviously, it'll never be as popular as a Fortnite, a Call of Duty. That's still leading the industry. But these games, these movies that you can play are definitely more and more often, they're just getting released and it's it's been great. Those are the ones that I want to play.
1: And, and not even necessarily by these big, huge studios either. Like there's no. some really incredible, like cool indie games that have, amazing writing yep. amazing stories um and i you you mentioned the, uh, bioshock as as kind of a, a a change in how gaming narratives work and and bioshock is an incredible game and i have a distinct memory and i i, I want to find out if this is also what you're thinking of the first time i saw bioshock being played in ben Mcglamory's basement yes
0: 100 <laughs> uh i do remember this moment and i actually remember i think it was just the demo yes back then demos were huge yeah. so you could just play a little bit of a game and sometimes that's all you ever played of the game because it was like yeah i played the demo that was pretty cool but you didn't you didn't go buy it or whatever um i remember he was in like an intense moment and we were in his basement the lights were down and it was you know the game's kind of scary it is it is that's kind of the vibe that it has mm-hmm. um and i remember like walking across and i just like absolutely pulled the cord out from the <laughs> the wall uh which you know was a big that was a thing back then like we had a cord coming from the wall, and for some reason, the cord wasn't hidden, it was just out. That was how you plugged it in. We weren't worried about cord hiding. No, of course not. Absolutely just tripped over it, pulled it out, done, demo over. And so I don't I don't think he ever even saw the end of that demo. I think then we jumped into FIFA. <laughs> yep, yep. Um,
1: I have that exact memory as well. I yep, remember you yep. tripping over that, that, that wire. Yeah, about, what, 15 years ago at this yep, point? Yep. God. I remember it. We're so old now. I know, I know. Um, but yes, that, that memory is just seared in my brain because of the atmosphere of bioshock and like how it felt it was like i was like nervous watching yeah. him play i was
0: actually like legitimately like because it was dark in the basement yep. it was you know some scary like I didn't, we didn't know a thing about this game no like nowadays you go into it you know what you're you know what you're playing mm-hmm. back then it was like this is who knows what this is and we're just gonna try it and uh yeah i remember a lot of games back then that i tried because of Bioshock. I was like, I'll give it a try. And there were, there were a lot that just didn't hit the same way. Mm -hmm. They just didn't have it. And then, you know, fast forward three or four years later, so many more of these studios just figured it out. Red Dead Redemption, like those, those types of games, uh, just with these incredible stories and you can just consume them. And you could be a part of them, and that's the draw.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I have the the Bioshock collection. I got to play the second and third one. I haven't played those. Got to only played the first. Got to. Um, I will eventually. Yeah, sure. those those are great games. They're just such weird worlds that I can appreciate the the effort that yeah. goes into them. Yeah, and and you can say the same thing about most like big third party games that come out nowadays, where it's like you can see the effort, like a God of War. Yeah, for example, where it's like. The epitome of it feels like a movie yeah. <laughs> because you're because you're literally not getting any cuts yeah. while you're playing and I know, watching yeah. and stuff.
0: Uh, yeah, the games are good. People, yeah. just 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 know that you might you might be out of the game the game game for a while, but uh, the games are good.
1: And there's and there's. Uh, options there's you don't have to have a, a pc or a ps5 or a, whatever the new xbox is to, to play games like there's games everywhere like yep. you, you can buy an old ps4 off facebook marketplace which is exactly what i did 100%. and you have access, access to, to this so much insane library yep. of great games that have already existed so mm-hmm. yeah I, I i'm with you like there's good games everywhere yep. for people even if you don't want to spend a bunch of money because i don't have a bunch of money to spend yeah. <laughs> at the moment
0: yeah i mean i i've been treating these games as some people treat books, they have lists, you know, they've got the list of the next book they want to read the Mm -hmm. next, whatever. I mean, that's how I've been treating these games. Like, Oh yeah, I want to try that one. Oh, I've, I've, you know, these days I'm trying games. I never would have tried five years ago just because of, you know, what's out there and what these studios are doing. And they're starting to take some crazy, make some crazy choices, you know, like, you know, turn games into being more meta Mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of breaking the fourth wall and doing things that you haven't seen. And, uh, it's cool. It's really cool. I yeah. mean, for me, I've, ne- you know this about me, I've never been a book reader. It's mm-hmm. just for me, I think I just associate the books with all the books that we were forced to read over the course of our lives and got bored by it. Most of the time I didn't read those anyway. Yep. <laughs> I just wrote the report on ha- reading half of it or reading the back or spark notes or whatever it was called. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, for me, this is this is my version of a book. Like I'm involved in the story and I'm watching it happen but i'm also making it happen yeah yeah
1: for sure what what's next on your list
0: um so right now i'm playing dead space the remake yeah. uh which is a game that i did not play when it first came out which probably would have been around i think
1: we were in high school yeah
0: high school yeah so that this is this is one that i didn't catch uh it is awesome it is terrifying <laughs> uh it is a horror alien horror game it is awesome um and i'm really enjoying it Uh great story it's not super long uh, so I would recommend it to anyone. It looks great now yeah. as as the remake, um, but great game. Uh, and I plan next. This is the year of the remake. Yes. It seems to be because mm-hmm. uh, I already played the Metroid Prime Remaster that was on Nintendo Switch, which uh, that was more nostalgic because obviously when you a lot of those Nintendo games are not known for the story. We it's go, not about the
1: story. We also <laughs> yeah. go way back on our on our Nintendo, yeah. like the our, Ninten- our Metroid. That's nostalgia.
0: Yeah. Nintendo, everything Nintendo is nostalgia. That's mm-hmm. what it is. Did we play those games as kid. I mean, we're talking kids, kids. Like you play Mario mm-hmm. when your dad shows you his Super Nintendo for the first time, or whatever. Um, Zelda, you know, all those games. It's just nostalgia. I just love to to keep seeing what they're what they're going to come up with next and en- enjoy that. It's not so much about the story with Nintendo, but great remake of an old uh, Metroid game. Uh, there's this great remake of Dead Space I'm playing right now, and in a couple weeks they're doing a great what I can only assume will be great, remake of um, Resident Evil 4, which another uh, horror-type franchise, Um, they've, I mean, that franchise has totally turned on its head and become one of my favorite things. I've now played all of the remakes that they've made up to this point, one, two, and three. Uh, And of course, I've played the most recent games, seven and eight. And there's these just amazing horror- you know, if you really want to feel like you're in there and getting actually scared by something that's <laughs> happening, if that's something for you, which I know you enjoy. Yes, uh, I know yes. some people don't enjoy that. Um, but if you really want that experience, if you want to be immersed in a horror experience, these are these are great games.
1: And it's interesting from your perspective as well because you're not necessarily a horror guy. Like, you're not somebody who, who really seeks out horror like I do. And so it's cool to see that you have found a way to enjoy that experience just in game form.
0: Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I... I do enjoy horror and I will watch the movies that I've heard from you or sure. from others that are said to be good. I, I, I have no qualms, you know, I'm not out here being scared by things. I'm not, you know, nothing that I can watch on a screen is going to be too much for me. Uh, but it's not something I seek out. Mm-hmm. I'm not just out here like, like you are just like going for that, that movie horror thrill. Oh yeah. Uh, but I do enjoy it. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great little feeling to get, you know, get that, that bit of adrenaline from a, from a good scare. Like I was telling you earlier, we were talking when I was playing dead space, my dog like barked and it absolutely <laughs> threw me. I, I lost it. Cause like I'm just on edge with what's going on in the game. And then I just hear this real life noise right next to my ear. And I absolutely lost it.
1: Damn hula. Yeah. She's she, yeah, she, uh, the she, tiniest a dog, yep. but, but has a, loud, a loud loud allowed, bark yep. for sure. Yep.
0: Ear piercing sometimes, uh, <laughs> No, it, it's great. There's a lot of good games. I mean, there's so much. It's it's a, it's wild. We just talked about this, but it's wild how many there are in a year. It's overwhelming. Get released. It is overwhelming. My list becomes a backlog of just wanting to get to that at some point. I'll get to it at some point if I have the time. You know, I don't have all the time in the world to be playing all these anyway, so right. I'm just trying to single out the ones that I really want to play. And uh, it's, it's
1: hard because there's always things coming out. Too. Always, so it's, it's just nonstop. a never-ending cycle yeah. of the, like. I want to play this, but I don't know if I'll ever yeah. get time around to to actually yeah. do it.
0: You've got the ones that you already know are coming, and then every now and then something will just pop out of nowhere, and you're just like, everybody's saying it's great, this and that. I'm like, oh man, I, I guess I'm gonna add that to my yeah, list. to the list. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it all goes back to just enjoying these different stories that these people have to tell, mm-hmm. and then in, in doing it in a cool, immersive way, which you know, I'm not here to sell you. Uh, on what a video game is, because I mean, you and the audience know what a video game is. I'm just here to tell you that they're pretty good these days. They, they are have, they've, good. they've kind of perfected the formula a little bit. Uh, it's it's pretty great.
1: Yeah, and I'm excited to see what happens in the future with with games and, and consoles and and just the things that happen with with technology. I think yeah. it's exciting for sure. But it is. Um, I think it's now is a good time to to transition into the the topic. Sounds great. Into the stories yeah. a little bit. So um, we we need to give a shout out to one of our. Close friends, of course, in our friend group, Dan Miner, who submitted this topic for us specifically to write, which yeah. is very, very exciting. Yeah.
0: The, so the way this came about was we were just texting about this in the group and somebody was like, oh, I want you know, I want to hear somebody do one of these with you, Chloe, uh in this group. And so I was like, yeah, I'll take a look at the topic list or whatever. And then I think you end up uh, putting it in the group text so everybody can see it. So everybody's looking at all these different topics. Mm-hmm. They're like putting out this and that. And I just said, "Yeah, I'm I'm ready to look at it. Let me let me take a look at the topic list." And then I ended up not doing that. Um, it was a bit overwhelming. Yes. I'll say that. But I thought I had thought about it, and I had thought about this before when I considered coming on, is that I really didn't want to choose. I didn't want to have something in my head already, and then choose a topic, and then be upset if it didn't go the way I wanted it to go. And I chose that topic. So sure. I, like, I need somebody to choose a topic for me. I want to be, and I know we talked about this earlier, how <laughs> the art projects were the ones chosen for me. But in this case, I was like, but I can come up with something of my very own mm-hmm. that that I can make it into that I like. Um, and Dan came through, he, he he texted me separately. And he told me that he had a couple ideas in his head from the topics list. And he told me what they were. And so I started thinking. Uh, and he had, he had noticed one, that was uh, similar to what he ended up going with, which was a B-list superhero. Yeah, that's what he took off of, right? Yes, It was like somebody had submitted a topic that was like B-list superhero uh, story of Mm -hmm. some kind. Yes, And so he was like, I like that, but I want to change it a little bit. I want to make it a B-list like super villain. And then he added this like caveat of just like that has a ridiculous reason for becoming evil yes. you know like ridiculous
1: a unnecessary yeah origin story it's, yeah it's a more it's a more vague topic Definitely. than we've had specifically but i think that's exciting
0: yeah no i i immediately had some stuff go through my head and it's if, when you hear the story you'll be like how did that immediately go in your head <laughs> i don't know i don't have the answer as to why this was one of the first things i had thought of sure um but yeah i was like yeah let's let's do that let's just make it happen so i told you. Uh, I started writing. Um, you know, I I had never thought about the idea of like how the process would start, how it would go. I had heard other people talk about their processes, mm-hmm. and for me, uh, it was like. Easy. I, I was just like, "Wow, I why do I have?" And you'll, once again, when we read the story, you'll be like, "Why did he have so much to say about this? <laughs> why did I? Why do I have so much to say about this story? Why do I have?" So, and I just kind of did a little word vomit, and you know, just working yeah. on my work computer at home or at work uh, when I should be working. I won't tell uh, anybody. Yeah. No. Um, I, I just started writing, and I told you I was like, "Yeah, this is going really well. I'm, I'm starting to write. And this is going really well." Uh, and then I kind of get to where I'm like finished and obviously I'm going to go back through and, and make some changes and edits and all that. And I look down and I see that it's got 2,600 words and I'm like, 2,600 words, <laughs> how did that happen? How in the world do I have 2,600 words on this story? Um, and that for me was the, the big deal. Like it was like, how am I going to overcome this? Like, what can I do to this story to make it a short story, which is the, you know, that's the reason we're doing this is short stories. We're not mm-hmm. out here telling little, little novellas. So, you know, I was like, I got to figure out how I'm going to cut this down. And so that for me was the obstacle. It's like, how, how can I make this shorter? Mm-hmm. What can I cut? What am I okay with cutting? What is unnecessary? Yes. You know, it, it was a different type of, uh, I didn't expect it to go this way. I definitely thought it would be coming from the other side of like not having enough to right.
1: write. Yeah. yeah. That's normally the issue. And yeah. so it's, it's very exciting to know that, uh, you know, you were able to get the story out with not really any problem. And the problem came afterwards. There
0: is, there is a version of the story that is 2600 words. I did not, uh, I, I edited it, but I did not touch it and it exists. Uh, that's for me to enjoy. Um, but otherwise I, you know, I told you, I was like, this is tough Uh, over the course of the uh, the process. I was like, this is tough. I am struggling to figure out what I can cut, how I can still make it make sense. Mm Uh, and still love it that was what you kept telling me it's like hey, i want you to like this story yes and i was like yeah that's that's a big deal i don't want to like do this exercise and then be disappointed in it mm-hmm. you know so i need to like
1: the story and so while while like going over word count is not a big deal that's that's why i didn't want you to have to like chop it up to the point where you don't even recognize it to what it was and so it's like yeah go over a little bit like it's fine yeah, cut it down a little bit sure but like don't Don't butcher it, you know, because I want you to still feel good about it and still have a good time with the process. And so um, it sounds like we should probably let you read first.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Um, I will, uh, I could tell you my title. It's fine. Please, Uh, yes. It's called Scuff Begins, which is uh, obviously a play on one of our favorite origin stories, the Christopher Nolan Batman Begins. Uh, Begins, One of my, just, I mean, obviously the trilogy is great, but that's, that's a movie that I don't think gets enough credit for really holding up against the Dark Knight, which is everybody's absolute favorite superhero movie of like all time kind of deal. Uh, Batman Begins is a great, great movie and a great origin story. Uh, my story has no comparison, but I did like adding Begins to the end of the I title. think that's so, that's yeah. fantastic. I um, cannot
1: wait to hear it. Um, we'll, so you'll read, uh, we'll discuss afterwards, again, the topic is B-List Supervillain with a ridiculous or unnecessary backstory slash origin. Take it away, and we'll discuss afterwards.
0: This is Scuff Begins. A few hours have passed since Jamal began loitering outside the corner queue. He's holed himself up in the alleyway next to the little convenience store, just waiting for his moment. An older-looking woman passes by the alley. She's very nicely dressed. Jamal sees a large man begin to creep up behind her. This is it. His moment. Jamal springs into action and catches the man right as he reaches for her purse. The man looks back at Jamal and immediately throws a punch. Jamal dodges it with ease. The man tries again and again and again, never landing a blow. Jamal just can't seem to be touched. The man grows tired. He pulls out a switchblade and begins taking swipes. Jamal, still unscathed, decides to make his move. He dodges the latest stab attempt to the right, then strikes the man's arm with all of his strength, dislodging the knife. The man, seemingly out of options, breaks for the woman again, grabs her purse, and runs. Jamal runs after him for a couple seconds before feeling a pull on his right shoe. He had forgotten to tie it. Jamal begins to trip, but due to his amazing reflexes, is able to reach out to a bystander and use them to keep his balance. Hey, watch where you're going, yells the bystander. Sorry, yells Jamal as he continues his pursuit. Hero business. This is Christina Adler reporting to you live from downtown with breaking news. I'm standing here with the city's newest hero. This masked man just stopped a robbery right here in the middle of our report. Young man, who are you? Jamal's face lights up. This couldn't have worked out any better. He looks into the camera and speaks into the microphone. Just a concerned citizen trying to keep the streets safe. But you can call me Reflex. Reflex? Asks the reporter. That's right. Reflex. Can't touch this. As he says this, Jamal does a quick dodging motion with his head and follows it up with a strange dance move. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Reflex. You can't touch him. Back to you, Patton. Andrew paces back and forth, waiting for the night's festivities to commence. He's a bit nervous to finally be doing this, but what's there to be nervous about? He put in the work these past few months, and it all comes down to tonight, the night of the downtown spring collection extravaganza. The lights in the warehouse go dim, and the spotlights begin to do their work. Andrew looks down on the show from his position on the catwalk. The models begin to walk out onto the runway, showing off the latest fashions from the hottest designers in town. Andrew smiles apprehensively, knowing what's about to come. He looks down towards the backstage area of the event and sees him standing there, watching vigilantly as the models go back and forth. Look at that smug face. And there it is, that brand new shiny suit of his. Andrew was looking at Reflex, standing backstage, watching out for any suspicious activity. He had a brand new white suit on with his brand new Reflex insignia on the chest, the letter R in what can only be described as lightning bolt font. Time passes and the fashion show begins to wind down. All of the models make their way to the runway for one final pass. Showtime, Andrew says to himself. Andrew pulls a switch on a remote device and all of the lights in the warehouse go dark. Screams from the crowd begin to erupt and a strange splashing noise comes from the runway area. He walks down the catwalk, turning on various spotlights as he makes his way towards the ladder down to the main floor and over to the edge of the runway. He flips the switch on his remote device once more and the lights return to the warehouse. The models are all standing there covered in red paint, the hottest designs in town, all ruined. Reflex has already made his way to the center of the runway, in front of the entire downtown Spring Collection extravaganza audience and all those watching from home. Andrew takes a deep breath. Reflex! You failed to stop me yet again, yells Andrew as the crimsoned models hastily vacate the runway. You see, I drew you here. I made sure you took the bait on my very first caper all those months ago. I've been tarnishing fashion designs all over town, hoping you would stay on the case. And now you've made it here, front and center, to my magnum opus. I've ruined the premier designs of the downtown spring collection extravaganza. It doesn't get any bigger than this. Um, I'm extremely confused. Do I know you? Asks Reflex. Do you know me? Andrew is listless. He puts his hands on his head and continues, does hey watch where you're going ring any bells what replies reflex still seemingly confused one year ago i was walking home minding my own business just taking my brand new fresh kicks out for a spin you see i live in the apartments above the corner queue i had a good day people were complimenting my taste in footwear left and right i'm just a few feet away from entering my apartment building when out of nowhere you trip right into me you knocked me right on my ass but not so much as a second look, you continue on your way. I dust myself off, but before I could get back on my feet, I look down to see a scuff on my brand new kicks. A scuff! On my brand new limited edition Latrell Spreewells Andrew bends over to take off his right shoe and shoves it in Reflex's face. A scuff! Spanning the diameter of the Latrell Spreewell wheel well. I I'm sorry, I was just trying to get that woman's purse back for her, replies Reflex. That's right. What was it you said? Hero business? Andrew continues. That day you decided your hero business was more important than my fresh kicks. Reflex, Mr. Big Shot Hero. Can't touch this. Even got yourself a nice new suit, I see. Well, what about the rest of us? What about our nice new things, huh? Don't we matter? A year ago, you made your decision, and so I made mine. If I couldn't have nice things, then no one could. So I became scuff. You made me scuff. Scuff. Reflex speaks up. Look, I'm sorry that I scuffed your shoes. That that was not my intention. I was trying to stop a crime. I admit I shouldn't have just pushed you over, and for that I'm truly sorry, but to do all of this? To become scuff? I think you might be overacting a bit. Overreacting? Screams Andrew. Let me ask you something, Reflex. Have you ever lost a nice thing? Something that you really enjoyed? Something that made people say, hey, that guy's got a real eye for fashion? Or Look at those fresh kicks designed by 90s basketball legend Latrell Fontaine Spreewell. Is that a spinning wheel embedded inside the shoe? If you had, then you would know. I'm not overreacting. But how about I show you what it feels like, hmm? Andrew takes a box cutter out of his pocket and lifts it towards Reflex with his right hand, unsheathing the blade dramatically. Say, that's a nice new suit. would be a shame if somebody scuffed it. Andrew stabs the box cutter in the direction of Reflex's chest right at the reflex insignia. Reflex swiftly and easily moves out of the way of the box cutter, simultaneously grabbing Andrew's arm and grappling him to the floor. A small police squad has now arrived to take Scuff into custody. The officers escort Scuff directly by where Jamal is leaning against the wall, right next to the exit. As they walk by, Scuff begins laughing hysterically. Can't touch this, (laughs) says Scuff as he's dragged towards the exit. Jamal notices scuff begin to wiggle his cuffed hands frantically behind his back, desperately trying to let go of something. He successfully drops it to the ground, and it rolls towards Jamal. Jamal picks up the object to discover that it's a red marker. Permanent. He looks down at his brand new suit to find that there's a red mark along the diameter of the reflex insignia. The box cutter was just a decoy. He'd been touched. Damn it, groans Jamal. All of this just for some Latrell spree wells? What are those?
1: oh my god thank you so much for this for (laughs) scuff uh scuff begins begins. i can't wait for scuff rises oh yeah soon um there (laughs) there's so much to this that i love (laughs) and that i'm excited and excited excited for you especially because as somebody who's never really like like dove into fiction before you can tell like you had a good time with this like there's so much fun to this and uh, I, you're going to need to send me the 2600 version. Yeah. <laughs> uh, word version of this so I can truly get the full. Yeah, there's
0: a little more. You learn a little more about Jamal. The full scuff uh, begins, you know.
1: story, backstory, all yeah,
0: that. The 2600 word version really had a kind of more of a misdirect. Uh, you know, say if we hadn't said what this topic was, mm-hmm. or maybe if we even had you'd be like, this seems like a story about Jamal. Because sure. I, I really put a lot into Jamal. And what Jamal, to me, the inspiration is um, Static Shock. Yeah. Like very, that was like what I was going for. Like young, uh, came into his powers, just trying mm-hmm. to like do what he can. Uh, you get a lot more of that in the longer version. But sure. yeah, he. so his power is, he, he's reflex. So yeah. think The Matrix, mm-hmm. Agent Smith, Neo.
1: A little bit of Spider-Man.
0: Yeah, a little bit of Spidey Sense in there. Mm-hmm. Like he can't be touched. Yeah. Uh unless he makes a mistake. And you see that in the beginning when he doesn't remember to tie his shoe. And that's the reason that he has an issue. Uh his quick reflexes are able to keep him afloat and he can continue on running. Uh, and at the end there, you know, just his own brain telling him he's dodging the right thing, you know, and that's kind of the extent of his power. He's as as powerful as he can be, uh, as long as he has the right headspace. He's focused. If he's not making a mistake, this and that. Um, but yeah, static shock, definitely a huge inspiration for Jamal. Uh his name is actually Jamal Hastings. That's, Hastings. That's cool. the name. That's the last name. Nice. Um I strangely enough, had reflex, the hero, in my head a long, long time ago. Mm. This is just like an idea I had one day where I was like you know, what if I came up with my own superhero? What yeah. if I had my own comic book? Mm-hmm. Like, wh- you know, who would I, what What interests me? What's cool? And I'd always come to this idea of someone who just can't be hit. Like, he's not all powerful. There are other superheroes that can do what he does, mm-hmm. which is what makes him more of a B-list or whatever. Um, but I was, I was just fascinated by somebody who just has these cat-like reflexes that just, you just can't touch them. If, if you're trying as hard as you can, you can't touch them.
1: I will say, as somebody who, and you know, like, I've been a comic book fan. my whole life. I love reading comics. It's a big part of, of what I consume to this day still. And reflex feels like a real, like I would, I could see easily that popping up in a comic book, like the, the idea of him and especially like scuff. I think (laughs) I could see that, like that, that concept makes sense in a comic book setting. Yeah. And so while it is very funny and the literal spree Accent yeah. part of it is is so <laughs> funny. So are those the shoes that have the spinning yes. things? Okay. Yeah.
0: So latrell Fontaine, I had to look that up. Latrell <laughs> Fontaine Spreewell is a basketball player from the 90s who came out with his own shoe. Uh that was a popular thing back then. Yep. His shoe was dumb. Like let's just we'll just put it that way. He had
1: He's a listener. I'm so sorry, Luttrell. yeah Sorry,
0: Lattrell. We are big fans. Yes. <laughs> Although if I had to be honest, I don't know if you were ever really that good. <laughs> a little overrated, but we remember your name because of well, because of the name Latrell Spreewell is cool a, is a cool name, and your shoes. And the shoes had a little clear part that was a circle, a little clear part, uh, and inside that was a wheel that I don't I don't remember if it's fun. I, I, I think you could like did. pump it. Yeah, right? I you think could, it was like
1: a spinner that you could yeah, pump.
0: You could pump the shoe, which was also kind of popular back yes. then with like air, air maxes and yep. stuff you could pump mm-hmm. you could pump it and make the wheel go uh and like like a spinner on a car yeah is what what yes. it really like, looked like yeah yeah <laughs> and gosh man i don't i don't know where that came from it came out of left field to just like include that i just know that you, you would get the reference. You know, I was obviously playing to you a little bit uh-huh. there. I know so many people listening to this probably will not get that reference at all or care about it or whatever. But they
1: should be Googling the Latrell <laughs> Spreewell <laughs> shoes right now and see the the cool yeah. spinner <laughs> yeah. that comes with. Uh
0: yeah, they they were not cool. Um uh, maybe maybe cool to me at that age, probably, maybe. I don't know. But we were, we uh, were dumb. We didn't know anything. Yeah, objectively now, not cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's Latrell Sprewell. Uh, this guy, scuff, obviously a fan. You know, I, I didn't say when this took place, but uh, in my head, it did not take place when Luttrell Sprewell was in his prime. I imagine this is a uh, modern day yeah, story. Yeah, this is a modern day and, story. And so. he,
1: Andrew is just a big fan of the Luttrell Sprewell Yeah, this Luttrell is a guy shoes. who got a
0: hold of some brand new, never been worn Luttrell Sprewells from 20 years ago. So Probably yeah, worth or, a pretty penny at 20. this point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't see why not. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Uh, also, the, the, the other thing that I can tell is exclusively for me is the uh the uh, reporter <laughs> in the kind of second chapter bit yeah uh christina
0: yes christina uh that is a uh that's for you that's for some of our friends who would listen to yes. who are just big fans of the other guys uh will ferrell mark Wahlberg. just an excellent excellent comedic film um dumb as as mo- most will ferrell projects are uh, but one of my favorites uh, and just felt like I needed to throw that ridiculous name yes. in there because obviously in the movie, they touch on the fact that she
1: has a weird name. Uh, and it's, not quite
0: Christine, but Christina. And uh, it's so funny. Yeah.
1: And and I think that's the great part about stories is that you do take things from you, from the things that you that you like yourself, whether it's a movie or uh, a really funny shoe from our middle school years that yep. we thought was cool at the time, but is very much not cool, like that's the the fun part about writing is that you're just taking ideas that, that you think is funny that you think are funny and cr- like putting them in a new context and a new light. And uh, this was like, it's such a fun read because of that. I, I really enjoyed
0: like, I guess, I mean the 2600 version is that was me just like word vomiting yeah. all of it. Just like wanting to, to add more to it being like, I want this character to have a little bit more of a backstory and I want this character's friend to be involved and kind of be there. Like, Overwatch kind of person. Cool. And obviously I had to cut all that out, but sure. like that was like that's where my head was going. It's like, yeah. how can I make this even more involved? Mm-hmm. And then I look down and I'm like, oh, that's not that's not the purpose of the exercise. But I'm glad that I was able to write that version and I have that version forever. And if I ever want to turn it into something or I want to write more or whatever,
1: I have it and it's great and I love it. You can very easily expand yeah. the story. Like it, it's it's got a great setup, it's got interesting characters, but I can you could you could write a twenty four page comic book script out of this and it would work like this is maybe a a couple scenes yeah but there's so much space in there that you've left that i'm interested in and i specifically want to point out how how much i love the ending because it's a good callback to the very beginning and it's i'll say from my own experience writing an ending to a lot of these really short stories is hard like it's not something i'm good at and sometimes i wind up just ending them and that's kind of how it works but this one you can clearly tell like There's thought into it. Like there's a callback from the beginning and it ends on a nice little, what are those? Yeah. (laughs) Which I I love.
0: (laughs) I was hoping that I would deliver it right. Yeah. Because I I didn't want, I was like, I need to say it like the meme. You know, I mean, people, this was a viral, I mean, more than a meme. It was some video Mm -hmm. and kids started doing it. You know, much younger than we are. Yeah, started saying we're old. What are those to people's shoes? It started with shoes of just like ridiculous looking shoes, dad shoes, things to make. Most of the time, I think it was kids making fun of their elders. Yes, <laughs> but yes. you know, it started going to their peers as well. just if they were wearing something ridiculous on their feet, you would say, "What are those?" Like to just tell them like you're wearing something ridiculous on your feet. Uh, but to really, really make them feel bad about it. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, I thought that would be fun to just kind of like pay homage. To something like that, because if somebody was wearing Latrell Wells in this day and age, they would get a "What are those?" Somebody sure. would, they would get absolutely yeah. roasted. You know, unless it was us, we would obviously know that those are the Latrell Wells. We and should order. I'd a, have an appreciation for them.
1: a group set of Latrell yeah. Wells uh, so that we will I, all have a pair. I
0: have a feeling they would be hard to find and probably more expensive than we
1: think. We don't have the money to invest. <laughs> yeah, uh, for this podcast, uh, but maybe we'll get some ad ad revenue. and yeah, <laughs> get, yeah. invest into some uh, shoes. Um,
0: but yeah, going off of the, like you were speaking about the ending, I had him mark the diameter of his reflex insignia because, and that was one of my favorite lines to write and read in this was um, when he says right on the, or a diameter right across the Latrell Spreewell wheel well, which was just, that was just a, such a joy to like say and write. And I didn't know I could get that kind of like joy from mm-hmm. like writing something and like saying it, but I was like, because this makes no sense. I, I guarantee they didn't call it, whoever the shoemaker is, they didn't call it the wheel well. But I just love the idea that that would be the wheel well. That's what it is. Of the Latrell Spree well. And just kind of like put it all out there. I really
1: enjoyed that. So, I, And that's such a, <laughs> a great feeling when you're writing. Uh, and I'm so glad that you got to experience that. Yeah. Because it's like, sometimes you'll write a sentence. I mean, you write a lot of sentences in a story like this. But sometimes you'll write one and you're like, that... That's like I like that. That feels yeah. good. And it and most of the sentences are right. I feel the opposite way. I'm like, this is dumb. Why do I yeah. why do I like this? But yeah. every once in a while you'll come across one of those that just feels good. Yeah. And I will especially give an extra kudos to you because it's hard to read it out loud sometimes. And Sorry. specifically with a line like that, which kind of sounds like a like a tongue twister a little bit, you got it, you got it through first try. Easy.
0: Yeah. So, something I failed to mention, I don't. You know, I'm I'm a property tax consultant, so there is no natural progression in what I do to writing creatively, uh, create creative writing or anything Mm -hmm. like that. So, what I am pulling from is I have played Dungeons and Dragons, and that and this is a lot of dialogue, Mm -hmm. which you know I actually am familiar with writing uh, as I am a dungeon master of my own game. Uh this is something that me and my college friends just like decided to do one day as a means of like staying in touch like cuz I was really never going to see them but maybe maybe once a year. So it's like how how are we going to stay in touch. Right. Uh and we've been playing for years now. Uh and it's a great way to see them once a month and just like catch up on Zoom and be like hey what's up and we play a game and we have fun. And at first I was just a player and then we finished what we were doing and I was like, you know what? I want to try it. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I've pulled a lot of what I've done here, writing dialogue, just kind of any creative writing experience that I do have is from that. Yeah. Like that's where it comes from. And, and, you know, we, you work in a boundary of what D D is, but you can make it into whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I do voices, I do all, you know, all that kind of stuff I just am doing because, it, you know, it's just it makes for a better experience in in that game. And so that's where I pull all this stuff from. Uh, and I never realized how, what kind of impact that can have it, on my creative writing process, but it had a huge impact.
1: It helps a lot. Yeah, it really does. It's a, it's it, such a specific muscle in your brain that you, when you're kind of exercising it and playing D and D and DMing, like in the moment, it doesn't feel like you're, you're really training yourself because it's, Uh, I I know from my experience as a DM as well, like most of the time I feel like I'm missing something or I'm like, you know, it's chaotic. It's a chaotic experience. You have to always Mm -hmm. be prepared for anything. But then when you finally get the chance to sit down and like have time, you don't have like players around you asking you questions about the rule book. You know, you have time to just kind of word vomit, like you said. absolutely. And you can tell that all of that experience of DMing and playing and storytelling it shows through through the writing like it this feels like a, a genuine story it doesn't feel like somebody who hasn't really had that experience you just had that experience in a different yeah medium.
0: yeah and to you know just to preface this, this is a dumb story sure it's very yeah. dumb uh i wasn't you know sitting here like this is my masterpiece or whatever i was just like i really enjoyed telling the story it was fun mm-hmm. i don't have a lot of serious bones in my body you know that yes. for me most everything that i say or do is unserious <laughs> um i save that for the workplace and then i get it all out when i'm, I'm not at a, you know at work so right. that's what this story was an opportunity for me to do is just to be dumb be silly and i will i granted i feel like this topic begs for something a little dumb mm-hmm. because you're literally asking for a supervillain's origin story and it that origin needs to be ridiculous it so says ridiculous yeah in it's the topic, literally yeah. this is what it's begging for so i would thanks to dan for giving it a great topic and i have had a lot of fun writing that
1: yes big thanks to dan as always who got a shout out in the episode with adam cantrell um as two in the, a row the inspiration <laughs> for uh the body paint Issue of that uh, story that I wrote. That's right. Um, Dan, of course, covered himself in. Yeah, uh, I was there for it as well. <laughs> it wasn't body paint in high school, and uh, that uh, stuck with me enough for me to put it in a story. Yep. You know, and and I love hearing the D and D inspiration. Of course, I love D and D as well. A Goal of mine for this year is just to play more D and D and DM more as well, because it's something that I enjoy so much. And future episodes that are in the works right now. Do involve other D and D players, other DMs as well. So that will be a running theme, hopefully, throughout this entire year um, as well. Just because it's a yeah.
0: it's such, such a fun e- way of telling a story, like yes. a a collaboration of storytelling is it's it's a fun way of looking at it. Yeah. And as a DM, obviously, you are setting the boundaries, but you also have to have skills of improvisation, uh, you know, to to make things happen and, and do this and that. And so, I feel like, yeah, you you learn a lot doing that. Even just playing it, not deeming, mm-hmm. you just you learn a lot about creative storytelling. It's, you really do.
1: It, like you said, it's collaborative storytelling. It's yeah. communal experience. Everybody's doing this together, which even if you're playing over Zoom or, or online, like you have probably done with your friends many times. Mm-hmm. I've done it with my friends as well. Um, you're still getting that, that experience, that flexing that muscle uh, as well. Um, but yeah, at some point, we will have to play together. We Absolutely. will have to join the Absolutely. the groups, the minds, Um, because D and D is the best, and it's it always is. fun to play. A lot of fun. Are you ready to jump into Absolutely. my story? I'm excited. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't actually have a title for mine, which okay, is something I mean, I that
0: s- I, I stole mine. So you know, <laughs> Sc-
1: scuff begins is such a good title. I don't think you understand. It's so funny. So I will jump into my story, and then of course we will discuss it. couldn't put down the syringe no matter how badly I wanted to and I guess that was the start of my issues didn't really get better from there in fact it got much much worse put down the drugs the voice in the sky told me not in a kind or patient tone I couldn't see him but I didn't need to I'd read the papers seen the articles I knew what he looked like everyone did you don't need that poison friend Not bothering to explain myself as I had so many times to so many ignorant people, I probably shouldn't have run, but I was fucking pissed, so I ran. Only the guilty run, he shouted from the sky, his voice getting closer, soon arriving on the firm ground. You can be so much better than this. I could hear the splintering sound of doors being smashed behind me as I sprinted away. He wouldn't be stopped, and I knew I couldn't escape, not from a being that could smash doors, and certainly not from one that gravity didn't affect. My shaky, terrified fingers fumbled around in my pocket for proof of my innocence. Unfortunately, it's hard to be precise while running for your life. No less than ten seconds later did he catch me, swiftly throwing me through the third-story window. Thank God I didn't climb any farther up, or I might not have survived to tell this story. Watching with two shattered legs, I saw him float down to me with that stupid smile on his face, like he was doing something heroic. "'That poison will kill you, son,' he said, shaking his head. "'Good thing I stopped you when I did.' A certain musky smell told me that the vial of insulin had shattered in my pocket when I hit the ground. Two months of rent, gone in an instant. That faint smell was replaced by the overwhelming coppery scent of blood fresh from my severely broken legs. Didn't matter to him. I struggled to speak as he peered over me, ready to drag me to jail with a grin. I'm diabetic, you fucking moron, I said through gritted teeth. With a bit of a confused look, he thought for a moment before grabbing me by my shirt and lifting me into the sky. Finally, he whispered into my ear, A little secret for you. I fight for truth, justice, and the capitalist way, so I don't care what you are. You're a criminal, and I'm going to fix you like I fix the rest of them. That was 12 years ago. Now, I'm the one looking down on this vigilante. Not metaphorically either, he's tied to a chair right in front of me, gagged. This, I hate this word, this superhero can't really call him that anymore now that he works for the corporations, nearly every single one. Once they realized he had a price, it was open season on so-called justice. Took my legs forever to heal and my anger grew more and more with every day I sat stuck in that wheelchair. Still diabetic. He thought my syringe was for heroin all those years ago and his zero tolerance policy is infamous because one of his contracts specializes in legal opiates making heroin extra bad for the bottom line. I was exonerated, but wasn't the same for years, learning to walk all over again, and still diabetic. My goal became a simple one, taking them all down. Not only him, but also the greedy corpos that made millions of people's lives miserable and enriched their own with blood money. In any other society, I'd be the superhero. Here, I'm just a filthy terrorist, threatening the most sacred thing in this shithole. Making money. Long live America, I guess. I've been busy today. When this unconscious idiot wakes up, he'll find out that his beloved contracts are all null and void, thanks to leaks of his pervy DMs in which the rumor about his proclivity for underage girls proved very true. He'll wonder who could have possibly found those, and I'll be ecstatic to inform him it was me. Passwords only work when they're not easy to guess, a hard lesson to learn. Not only that, but the largest pharmaceutical company in the state would soon be receiving a letter containing all the secrets that their very wealthy CEO has paid good money to keep quiet, the first of many letters. Blackmail is the only thing that'll make them listen. After the shock of going broke sinks in, my prisoner begins his desperate questioning. Who are you, he asks, trying to sound intimidating. How, how did you, he can't even bring himself to ask, such an ego. I'll tell him anyway. You assumed nothing could hurt you, I say as he struggles in vain against the restraints. You assumed wrong. You don't even remember me, do you? He chuckles. I've put away lots of criminals, kid. They all look the same to me. Evil. It takes everything in me not to kill him right there, so I settle for a swift boot to his head instead. Oh, shut up, I say. No need to keep up the act here. There's no cameras to perform for. There's only me. He takes the hit with a grunt, then looks right at me with an open wound leaking from his head. You're that smack addict I toss out of the second story building. Wrong, I tell him. It was insulin, you goon. Also, third floor. And to answer the question you're too scared to ask, the reason you're restrained in a regular old chair, despite that otherworldly strength, is because I found your weakness. What makes you human, just like the rest of us? Never would have guessed it was something as simple as... My monologue is interrupted by a loud boom as the concrete wall near me explodes inward, revealing a little boy. Color me shocked. I look back to my nemesis, still tied to the chair, and he's wearing a shit-eating smirk that sends chills down my spine. What does he know? I'm fucked. Took you long enough, you little punk, he says to the boy, who enters wearing a nearly identical costume. He snaps the restraints in half like they were made of paper, and the captive stands, stretching out his back with an audible pop, followed by a moan. Don't get all pissy, old man. You're the one who got caught by this... Nobody, the boy says, gesturing over towards me with a wave. The man suddenly smacks him right across the face, shutting the boy up good and drawing blood. You don't get to talk shit when you show up late, he says, finally turning to me. How rude. I forgot to introduce you. This is my new sidekick, and what's about to happen... I just want you to know, I'm going to really enjoy this. What follows is the most brutal beatdown I've ever experienced. Three broken ribs, cracked skull, punctured lung, and more bruises than I could count. They drag me to jail under the charge of making terroristic threats, battered and angry yet again. This time around, he happily plants some heroin in my pocket just for good measure, rubbing salt into the wound. Then comes the media attention, especially after all the lies spread by my mortal enemy and his little goblin of a sidekick. I'd have preferred a thousand beatings to what happens next. Once they find out I'm not only diabetic, but also allegedly a heroin addict, the memes went to work. Never be the main character on TikTok. Within 36 hours, I've got a new nickname. I hate it, of course. The Diabetic Diablo. The worst, angriest, and most goddamn unnecessary supervillain in town. Long live America. Long live capitalism. P.S. His weakness is aluminum. How stupid is that? Spread it around. Unfortunately, same can't be said for the kid. Probably why they created him in a lab. See you in eight years. Four if I'm on good behavior. The end. Wow. Hmm. <laughs> uh, I went pretty specific on yeah. this one. Yeah, uh,
0: I could catch that. Yeah. <laughs> very, yeah, very specific to yourself. Kind of a little... Uh, Extra emotion in that, maybe. Yeah, I uh, I think when very cool
1: when looking at the topic that Dan gave us, I I zeroed in on the unnecessary aspect of okay. like an unnecessary slash ridiculous backstory. For me, it was like, oh, unnecessary. It should be involving diabetes because everything involving diabetes is unnecessary, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it's not something that I've really talked about much on the on the podcast or really worked into uh, stories really either. But for some reason, this one felt right to kind of like. Bring in a little bit of that diabetic anger that I have towards just capitalism, the world. A
0: super cool, probably a cool experience for you to write it, to like put yourself in that place of, you know, sticking it to the man in a, in a, so to speak, uh, in a way that you can actually do something about it, which is in, you know, a story. But yeah, I, it took me a little bit to catch what you were trying to do. I was still, you know, I'm like, who's the villain? Who's, you know, you're getting into that, and then you, you kind of mention the diabetes part. I was like, okay, I know who he is. I know what's happening here, and yeah, very, very cool.
1: I think I, uh, it was, yeah, it was cathartic for me for sure, like to to let a little bit of that anger out. Um, and and for me, I'm pulling a lot of different influences from a lot of things that I like. Um, this was very. Boise, yes, me. Yeah? yes, for yeah. sure. Like <laughs> the, I, I chose not to name kind of the Superman yeah. like analog or whatever, but yeah. it, it very clearly is inspired by the Homelander yeah. From, yeah. from from uh, from the Boys, which is a comic that I've not read, but the show on Amazon is a fantastic show, um, and I think from everything I've heard, the show is a little bit better than the comic as well. It's really? a little, the comic's a little edge lordy, um, which is understandable from the time that it came out in, but um, but yeah, the the Homelander is kind of a a good comparison to to this kind of superhero in my story I definitely because got that. <laughs> he's he's kind of a corporate drone who maybe started off as somebody who wasn't a corporate drone but was e- shitty anyway like he was yeah. just kind of an asshole all the yeah. time who you know thought he was right and i feel
0: yeah i feel like in in my own head canon i feel like that this character that you described in this story is how homelander probably started out just like strict rules guy yeah Doing whatever they tell him, and then eventually he he sheds that, uh, and it kind of becomes this scary, scary Sociopath. individual. Yeah, yeah, like true, like uh, psychopathic yeah. person. But yeah, I I do think that he probably started out this way. Just yeah. like the rules are the rules, I see you injecting something into your skin. I'm gonna, you're the enemy. It's heroin. Yeah, simple as that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Which and and thankfully uh, I've been on a pump for the last like few years, so I haven't really had to worry too much about syringes, but. There are times when, you know, I'll I'll be without a pump for a while and I have to give myself a shot in public. And thankfully, nobody's like outright said anything weird to me, but I always feel a little self-conscious and people have looked at me weird as well. Nobody's been an asshole, thankfully, but it was easy for me to imagine people being assholes. Yeah. People being assholes, especially
0: like like (laughs) a a
1: shitty superhero being an asshole about it, assuming that it was heroin, you know, Mm because I've made that joke myself many times where it's like, hey, you want to (laughs) hit And it's like no, it's it's insulin. You can't have a hit, of course. But <laughs> you can't have. It. But it's funny to me, and so uh, the idea of of kind of using that as uh, an origin story or the the beginning of an origin story for a villain who who doesn't have powers. Like I didn't want to come up with like a he fell into a vat of radioad radioactive like insulin or something. Like that could have been a cool yeah story potentially. But I think this one felt a little bit more grounded in like some sort of realistic yeah well i mean you
0: really you're playing with the lines of who's the hero and who's the villain in this story it's like you know this guy is the hero in this world whereas outside of the world your character is the hero however you are doing something that's a little maybe a little over the top therefore is that really heroic who you know you're kind of playing with that anti-hero kind of thing and I, yeah i mean as you were reading and as i was following along i definitely didn't know where you were going with it i was definitely along for the ride it was it was more or less like how how is he gonna end this uh and I, so i thought that was an interesting ending with just you know just saying it like it was it's was like hey i you know i'm doing time for what i did but i accomplished my goal uh as much as i could have uh you know it's not it's not a storybook ending but you know <laughs> you you get you get penalized for what yeah. what happens, yeah. yeah. It, yeah. And it's it, like there it means, is yeah. consequences, yeah, for sure. Yeah.
1: And um, and I think like the idea of coming back to a story like this could could be fun as well. And um, I, I purposefully chose not to like add a lot of names and uh, you know, titles and stuff because yeah. because it, it felt like a pretty. Like you understand what's what's happening without having to to name a character, super Absolutely. super dude or whatever like whatever we would call him. Um, but I did think the idea of giving kind of the the main character a shitty name was very funny. <laughs> like yeah. At the end, like of course, cause of course, like that's what they. The internet it. would would go crazy on some right. like some diabetic terrorist. Like the world would there would be so many jokes mm-hmm. and and most of them would be bad for sure. Like calling him the diabetic Diablo or something. And, and so that felt purposeful for me was just giving him a, a stupid name that he's going to hate, but that, yeah. that's how it would happen in the real world. Yeah.
0: And like, I like how it ended too, because, you know, for the most part of the story, the story was to me, you know, a typical story told first person. And at the very end, it gave the vibe of it being a story that you actually submitted out to the people who live in the world of this story mm-hmm. for them to be reading. Not not for me, but for the people of that story. Cause you're like, hey, you know, this guy is a dick. Like, don't forget about it. Mm-hmm. Don't forget the things he's done. Spread it, spread the word, that kind of stuff. So you're no longer talking to me. You're right. talking to the people who live in that world, which I thought was pretty cool.
1: You know, yeah, maybe there's like some other uh, slighted people in this world that have been fucked over by, by the superhero, which makes a lot of sense based on kind of how, how mean and cruel he is. So, so yeah, you're right. Maybe like, maybe this character is, is trying to spread the word and be like, Hey, somebody else should take my mm-hmm. reins while I'm in, yeah. in incarceration um, because of this. Calling
0: out to the other diabetics of the world. you know,
1: I'll form a, <laughs> uh, a super villain group of, of diabetic villains. Yep. <laughs> Don't tempt me with a good time. I might enjoy that process. Yeah. And and as I was writing this, and as as I was really brainstorming for the idea, um, I realized that I'd never really let myself try to write like a a superhero kind of comic book based story. Like as much as I love them, and as much as I consume them all the time, I haven't really let myself really try. And so this was kind of my first attempt at at, like not an existing superhero or superhero world universe that kind of stuff. And so I had a good time. It was fun, and it's definitely something that. I, I want to write comic books at some point in the in the future. Like, that's something I want to do, whether they're superhero-based or not. So it was a fun challenge for me to kind of, like, dive into a, a, a world that is at least close to that. Yeah.
0: Well, I immediately, I mean, like, I immediately understood the setting. Like, hero, run by corporation, enough said. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what would happen when the big companies of the world right. were would be involved in regulating what, Superpowered people do which is what you know that's what the boys is yep you know you get a, you get a glimpse into that and if anybody is curious we are talking about the boys the tv show yes. which is on amazon prime excellent show we uh, both we both recommend 100 recommend to not to anyone because <laughs> not to our parents <laughs> yeah i wouldn't say that uh, it's, it's hard r rated uh, yes, for sure yes uh it takes some turns that no other show or anything that has to do with superheroes is mm-hmm. taking so yeah. very very worth your time if you're into that sort of thing and if you want to break from the typical superhero mcu whatever DC stuff, yeah, yeah everything's always the same this is this is going to take you on a, on a ride for sure it's a roller coaster um, for sure but yeah i immediately got that setting and like it was yeah it was clear to me so. and,
1: and it was fun I, I definitely had that in mind as i was writing it and it was fun to kind of mix that concept of like a corporate superhero with the greed of like big pharmaceutical companies like that blends together in my head so easily yeah like of course if there was a superhero now they would probably be paid by uh you know a big insulin company to to for their interests protect their interests or whatever like that made sense to me Mm -hmm. um and you know it it helps that i've been for the last week like trying to deal with insurance companies to get insulin and it's just like it's never easy it's always frustrating it always makes me angry and so yeah so yeah, this is a little bit of a therapy session in in writing form. Yet <laughs> for another, yeah,
0: yet another reason that this is a great practice. Yes, you know, truly. And yeah. I'm glad
1: I wrote it. Uh, maybe I'll come back to it. Maybe I'll expand it a little bit. But I don't know. It was it was a fun exercise in its own um, for sure. And so so thanks. Yeah, I appreciate you you understanding it. it de- I definitely figured you would because yeah. we've talked about the boys many yeah. times. Yeah, it um, was. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, you could easily see that being just like if they wanted to do a few episodes and just focus it around the medical. For sure sector of whatever world the boys is in like it would go just like that where some corporation would be like go get these exactly. idiots and yeah. make sure they're not getting drugs for a good price or whatever <laughs> that kind of stuff. yeah that we can't let them survive yeah we can yeah we can't you have.
1: know yeah um well, seth rogan if you are listening he's a producer <laughs> of the boys uh i'd love to join your writer's room yeah. and that would be uh would be really fun yeah. for um, the
0: for the medical episodes
1: i'll be your diabetic representation yeah. <laughs> Because that's important. Um Awesome. Well, I, I think we've said enough about our stories. That was a great conversation. Let's let's jump into kind of our final part of the episode, of course, which is story spotlights, which you mentioned that you have a list yeah. you're pulling from, which is yeah. very, so, very exciting.
0: As i mentioned, I am a longtime first timer mm-hmm. here. So I'm familiar with the process. I have thought of some things that haven't been mentioned yet. Didn't want to repeat anything. Uh, I've got a lot of stuff here. Give, give them to me. Categories. So we, we can rapid fire some of them. Sure. But then others I want to kind of spend a little more time on so I can actually recommend it. Yes. Uh, the, I'll just start with the popular obvious stuff. As far as like popular TV right now, comedy, Abbott Elementary is excellent. Yes. It is hilarious. My wife and I watch it every week. We love it. Uh I'm always laughing. Always. The characters are, are just so funny and so well written and Quinta Brunson, the showrunner everything Star, stars yeah. in it she is hilarious mm-hmm. even it's not like a situation where she wrote it all and then the other character shot she is hilarious as well if you get that if you're missing that office parks and rec itch like this will scratch it it is yet another documentary style yep uh show it's done a little differently than those two um but so funny and just kind of more realistic more i think gr- more grounded yeah, like more those. yeah it's, it's it's an elementary school oh. And you can only imagine what kind of things happen in a public elementary school. I bet in Philadelphia, I bet this is, you know, a pretty great representation of the kinds of things that teachers are seeing. For sure. Um, so couldn't re- recommend it more. Mm-hmm. Uh, light-hearted, good for all ages. And then obviously we already talked about The Last of Us, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time. Yeah. It's really good. Watch it. Finale is tonight. I don't know when people are listening, but... We are recording on the finale day, so very excited to see my wife's reaction, who does not know how the story goes. But in that vein, I wanted to talk about something else that is essentially the same idea uh, as a show called Station Eleven, which is one of my favorite apocalypse pieces of creative work. Whatever I know, Mm -hmm. it was a book, so it was. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a book. It was adapted from a book. Cool. Uh, The show is excellent. I did not read the book. Sure you guys maybe are familiar <laughs> by now. I don't read a lot of books, but excellent show. It, it It is obviously everything about the last of us. That is absolutely emotionally ripping you apart. This one does it in a totally different way. It's everything about this is for the most part positive. It's about how life goes on. It's about how culture human culture can keep going in light of a terrible apocalypse set on by a virus. Um, the, the acting is incredible. The characters are, you love them. Uh, the story is told in such a great way of jumping from past to to present. Uh, and the ending just hits, it hits. Um, I I wouldn't, I couldn't recommend it more. And I think it is something that probably got passed over a little bit. Um, it's on HBO. Mm -hmm. Um, I couldn't recommend it more. It's just the one season. Like there won't, there won't be any more. It's just watch it and you'll be happy that you did. Uh, you will feel emotion, but it will not be like Last of Us emotions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very, very little is yeah, like Last of yeah, Us yeah. emotions. It'll be different kinds of emotions, and you you will be happy that you watched it. Um, something else that you and I have talked about is Hunters. Jordan Peele executive produced mm-hmm. uh, two seasons. They had the first one like, gosh, it was like four years ago, pre pandemic, pre pandemic. Yeah. Uh, Logan Lerman, um, Al Pacino. Al Pacino is cr- so good. Yeah, uh, everybody's great in it. It's just fun. Mm-hmm. Like it is not like prestige. TV people weren't out here saying watch this watch that but it was it kind of flew under the radar great show uh and it is set in you know post world war ii nazi germany a lot of the uh, officers i think it's like operation paperclip Mm -hmm. which i've seen other stuff talk about operation paperclip before but a lot of the german officers kind of getting shipped over to other countries to head up scientific science departments or just, and, hide or just out. yeah just to be hidden and mm-hmm. and live on and and still be you know nazis and, and do their thing but try and hide it right uh and it's about these this group of jews who decide that well they know that this is happening and they decide they're going to do something about it because nobody is going to do anything about it uh and so they take it in their own hands to hunt them and it's fun it's wacky it's violent violent yeah it is great i love it and it's like i said it's not it's not it hasn't been lauded by all these critics or anything like that it's just a fun show it's very solid uh and it takes a lot of fun turns uh there's only two seasons i it feels like there could be more but we don't know it's just but it the two seasons have been great yeah. i think they could call it if they wanted to i'm not sure what the plans are but I enjoyed it a lot. So. I, th- I think
1: I'm, I'm with you on Hunters. Uh, I watched it right before the pandemic hit the first season. And then I assumed it got canceled. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, a couple months ago, the second season <laughs> popped up on Prime. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah. Um, it feels very much like a comic book. It's not. It's not based on anything existing as far as I know. But it has kind of that vibe. Which makes me even like it even more. It feels great.
0: Yep. Super fun. Yep. Reality TV, real quick. Survivor. We already talked about it. Great. The season is two episodes in. And I'm I'm just gonna put it down here that these two episodes are some of the best first two episodes of Survivor I've yes. seen in a long time. Yeah. This is a wacky cast, some some, some real characters. <laughs> and I think it's making for some really good TV and the things that they are doing are they're playing right into like the production's hands yeah. and it's just great. Like they're really the things that the product that the showrunners have added to the season to make it different. These characters are just eating it up and yes. they're doing something with it. And, and it's, they're it's, idiots. Yeah. Very it's much. Great. so. Like there's been two tribals and I have not known what's going to happen in both. It's been great. So if you're not watching survivor, if you used to watch survivor, this is a good time to jump on. Why it's not? all new, all it's, new cast. Yeah, you
1: don't need to know anybody. Jeff is still there. Yeah. It's just always. wacky
0: reality TV yeah. and it's really good. I love it. Mm-hmm. So uh, moving on to animated. This is a show called The Legend of Vox Machina. This show is awesome. For fans of D&D, as Colby and I are, this is adapted from a run of D&D put on by Critical Role, which is a group that does podcasts. They really film it. They're uh are voice it's on YouTube. actors. Yeah, they're a bunch of voice actors who came together playing D&D. Matt Mercer's the DM. He's one of the best in the business Uh so I'm told, yeah, just fun storytelling that they've done in on that podcast has now been adapted into an animated show on Amazon Prime. They have now had, gosh, I can't remember if it's two or three, but they just had a new season just like a month ago come out and it is excellent. I love it. I think it's everything that a D&D adaptation should be. It shows a lot of what happens in a dD game, like
1: how, how it can turn.
0: Yeah. Like we are having trouble opening this door. <laughs> yes. You know, like, how, and they actually talk about it openly. They're like, why can't we get this door open? Because and it's in D&D is because you didn't roll well enough. You're, the chances weren't high enough for you to actually succeed in what you're trying to do. And they actually kind of address that. Mm-hmm. And the story's great. The music's great. It's funny. It's violent. It's extremely violent. Uh, it is very much along the lines of like a Castlevania yeah. or something like that with the kind of violence they show. But mm-hmm. I, I love it. I think it's great. Yes. Uh, I can't wait for more of it. It's fun. They got great voice actors in it alongside the, actual voice actors from the show. Uh, I did not listen to the show. I did not watch the show, like the original podcast slash YouTube, whatever they put out. Mm -hmm. So I'm not an expert on it. I will just say I'm enjoying the animated version and it seems very representative of how D&D is played.
1: It is. And I've watched a little bit of Critical Role. Um, I watched a lot of it early on, but it's just, there's so much of it. It's hard to keep up with. It's a ton. Um, But I have so much respect
0: for it. Was this their first... Yeah, the Vox Machine. Yeah, the, is like first, the campaign. first campaign. Yeah,
1: um, and and it's it's like you're right, you're you're right. It's super fun. Uh, it's it represents D and D really well, yeah. and and kind of the the zaniness that can happen with it. Um, they just announced uh, a third season for another one of their campaigns for a different oh, campaign. Yeah, key, yeah, but the same characters or same <laughs> same voice actors, same people behind the scenes. Um, th- but there's so much Critical Role content. They were like. Let's let's keep it going. And so yeah. there there will be plenty more Legends of Vox Machina yeah. coming out um, yeah. in the and coming it, years.
0: For me, I I think the medium of having a TV show like this is perfect because I you know, I, this is not to slight them at all. But listening to that is it's a lot of people playing at once. Yes. And for me, it was like, I can't keep up with all these people playing. Like, obviously, if I was playing, I would know what's happening. But just like keeping up with all those people, but having it just like put out there for you, TV show, watch it, same story, however they did things is how it happened. It, mm-hmm. That's what it seems to me. Like I said, I didn't watch it, but just like things that are happening, it seems like, oh, I bet that they tried to do this and it failed, and so they had to do this, and it just like seems to be how the story is flowing, which yeah. is really cool. Uh, but on that, and I have so many things, so feel free to cut out whatever you want. Sure, sure. On that note, the actual d d podcast that I do listen to is The Adventure Zone, which yeah. is put on by the McElroy brothers, who are three guys- uh, who just are funny and started a show together. They're brothers, uh, mm-hmm. and they started a show together called a uh, podcast called My Brother, My Brother, and Me. And they just answer people's questions, kind of like a comedy help desk advice podcast. Thing. Yeah, yeah, advice, but it's never serious advice. No. <laughs> That's the idea. Uh, but they have grown in popularity, and one day they decided to do a D and D podcast because I think they had all had at least a little bit of experience doing that. Um, and so they decided to do one with their dad, which is, it's just quite the addition to so, the dynamic. It's such a, a yeah. great addition. Uh, yeah. so it's called the adventure zone podcast. Couldn't recommend it more. Super fun. They start with D and D and then they have some seasons afterwards playing different types of games. I think currently right now they're playing a game called blades in the dark, uh, which I've never played, mm-hmm. but seems like a really cool dynamic focused on like heists it's very fun it's all narrative storytelling collaborative storytelling they do a really good job of it i mean it's just i can't think of a people doing a better job than how they do it where it's comedy and still telling a story mm-hmm. and it's great i recommend it to anyone who's into even wants to try to get into dnd you could start by listening to that and it's you get a really fun story yeah. and just kind of understand how it works and how you might fit into that if you wanted to start playing it's oscar season yes. so I'm not going to get into anything but one thing. And that is that I watched Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. I thought it was great. Yes. It's really well done. Like just looks good. Like the best kind of that stop motion animation I've ever seen. Yeah. The textures uh, look amazing. Yeah, the it, details. it was just cool to watch and the voice actors are great. Obviously Um, we talked about it earlier, but just, just a great one better than the original Disney version, which when you think about it and you go back and you think about that movie it's a very strange movie
1: it hasn't aged well
0: yeah it's weird this one is less very much less weird i would recommend it if you have kids like just watch it like there's obviously some strange uh tie-ins with like World War II and Mussolini but for the most part it works yeah it works it's it's still focused on you know a relationship between a father and son essentially yeah. uh very very awesome and then getting to the end here, uh, just for fun. Uh, Funsies, and, uh yeah. I've talked about you, this to you before. I don't know if you ended up watching it, but, uh, players, which is the esports mockumentary, uh, show on, uh, it's on paramount plus. These are the guys who did American vandal, which is you and I, like one of our favorite, so good, uh, shows ever mm-hmm. for both season one and two. I loved fantastic. Um, wanted more. This is all we have for now yes. is this show. I love the show. It's, um, it's just fun it's like you start out being like wanting more american vandal which is very much a detective show but it's just like two kids in the vein of like making a murderer yeah exactly uh yeah two kids trying to figure out who drew a bunch of dicks on a wall (laughs) is the the premise of american vandal yes uh and it's more of a yeah let's figure out solve the mystery Mm -hmm. so you know you go into players thinking okay it's the same team i hope i get that same feeling and at first it's it's you find out that it's just a documentary, uh, but the more you watch, the more you realize this is like—it's. I mean, it is a mockumentary. It's—they've literally created this whole documentary in the in the style of The Last Dance, the you know, Free Solo. These mm-hmm. types of documentaries that are just so like amazing to watch, and they've just created this whole story out of nothing as a joke. As a joke, <laughs> and they've created this whole story out of nothing, and they've made you care about it. I—I'm telling you, I cared whether or not this esports team won it in the end, because, and it's not even real, but I cared because they made me care about it because the characters they created, the people who acted in it were so good. And it was so, the things, the humor in it, it's like, is that supposed to be funny? I guess it is because it's a mockumentary. You think about it, you're like, this is a documentary, but it's a mockumentary, it's supposed to be funny, but it's not a mockumentary like The Office or or Abbott Elementary. This is a real (laughs) documentary that is of a fake story. And it, its I just think it's so well done and I'll watch anything that this team does because sure. I just really enjoy this.
1: For sure. Uh, I have watched the first episode. I really enjoyed it and I need to go back and continue you do. with yeah, it. Yeah, sure, because like, I, I,
0: I had the same reaction at the first episode. I was like, it's not American Vandal because right. that's one of my favorite shows. But it the payoff of just watching it all is just so good because it's like, you get that feeling you get when you watch The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary. Like that feeling you get of watching a good documentary, you get it. But yeah. it's not real. <laughs> it's real. And it's funny because it's yes. you think you have to think about that while you're watching. You're like, oh, this is real and that's really funny.
1: I'll, um, I'll move it to the top of my yeah,
0: list. I, I would suggest it because it's also just... Easy. As far as I know, it's just one season of that. Perfect. And yeah, it, it's good. Yeah. Two more things. The okay. last thing is books. Yes. I don't read a lot of books. Yeah. Don't read a lot of books. The only books I've read... In the past five years would be, I finally got around to just reading the Harry Potter books. Nice. Great. Finally got around to actually reading Lord of the Rings. Loved it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And now I have read these two books by an author by the name of Stuart Turton. And he has written two uh, murder mystery type books. The first of which is called The Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle, which is a sci-fi body switching something or other mixed with Agatha Christie. Cool. Yeah. Super fun. Like a whodunit. Yeah. A whodunit giving it a sci-fi interesting wrinkle. Awesome. And it's very fun. I loved it. Uh, I, I mean, I don't read a lot of books and I was just like, you know what? Somebody who I like recommended it to me. I read it. I was like, man, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out this guy has another book. Uh, it is called um, The Devil in the Dark Water.
1: Is this, a, is this, did this come after? Yeah. Okay. This is his
0: second book in time of him releasing it they they are not connected this is a murder on the ocean deal with a wrinkle of is there demonic forces involved or not i'm in already Uh, and it's that like east india trading company era where it's like the 1800s on a ship people are like probably dying on the ship that's just normal that kind of thing with the yeah with just like these characters that are trying to solve what's happening and it, it it does involve a murder but it also involves like what causes is there mm-hmm. somebody out here killing people or is there demonic forces at play takes? Yeah, it's, it's great. I love it. love both of those books. I, I would recommend to anyone who likes murder, like mysteries. That's about as far as I get when it sure. comes to reading books sure. is, is the IP that I'm familiar with. And then, murder mysteries. That's, that's what grabs my attention. You've discovered
1: a new, a new uh, genre that you enjoy. Yeah. I love it. Which is great.
0: I mean, that those are, that's what's going to catch my attention when it comes to reading. You know, I want to know who done it. That's essentially what it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the last thing is just a lifestyle thing. Uh, I got laser eye surgery recently (laughs) and it's great. I mean, I just, I couldn't recommend it more. Like if it's, if, if like it was for me, I know it's not true for everybody. If, Wearing glasses, dealing with contact lenses is just so annoying. You, If you want, that can be, it's, it is well worth your money. It is well worth the procedure to just be able to see. I can't believe I had been taking, like waking up and being able to see for granted, because yeah. it's, it's everything. I mean, even things that I've, I'm doing now, like I just did the first mow of the season and I was out there like, I can see the grass that I'm cutting. Because typically I don't wear my glasses out there because I don't want to get them all like super sweaty and gross. Yeah. And I don't like to take the time to put contact lenses in just to mow for an hour and a half. So I would usually just do it without wearing anything and I could still see what I was doing for the most part. I wouldn't get in any trouble. Right. And now I'm out there. I'm like, I can see the grass. I can see exactly what I'm cutting. It's incredible.
1: Amazing. And then,
0: yeah, just this morning I got on the Peloton. Same thing. I don't want to put my contacts in just to ride the Peloton. I don't want to get my glasses all super sweaty. Mm Mm-hmm. I could see what was on the screen in front of me. It was incredible. Amazing. I was like, man, that guy's way more toned than I thought. <laughs> like, that's crazy. Yeah, I couldn't re- recommend it more. This procedure takes like 15 minutes. I went to work the next day. The only thing I'm still doing is I have to put in eye drops. Yeah. I have to do it for a while before while my tear drug ducts heal. You Adjust, know? yeah. Uh, but I didn't feel a thing. I mean, if, you're, if this is something that you've thought about, do it now. Do it ASAP. That's like my
1: recommendation. Sure. So, that's all I got. I love that. Fantastic recommendations all around. I've seen a few of them, consumed a few of them, and I will back up the ones that that I have. Um, I do wear glasses. uh, And so the idea (laughs) of uh, of LASIK surgery does sound appealing to me. Um, Uniquely for me, though, back when we were, uh, I think, in 10th grade, uh, we were at a basketball camp you witnessed me get a horrific eye injury uh firsthand which i imagine was almost worse than experiencing it as a yeah i was participant. i was on
0: the court uh when this occurred uh far enough away to not really see the extent of what happened but just a wild a wild thing of just somebody's on the other team's finger just going so deep into your eye that it that it started to bleed yeah. and I should not swell have up. an eye right now. Yeah.
1: Thankfully, I have both my eyes. Uh, they're yeah. they're existing. Uh <laughs> my vision is a little bit more blurry because of it. So I do wear glasses, but I was wearing glasses before that anyway. So uh the idea of of not having to wear glasses is appealing. But the one thing in this world that freaks me out, I like I'm so desensitized <laughs> to everything, but eye stuff does still freak yeah. me out. So I'll have that's to work my, that. work my courage up uh, uh, for yeah, that. I hear that a
0: lot. And that's from people who aren't familiar with contact lenses. Cause okay. if you've been doing con- you've been touching your eyes for
1: forever. I've been scared to do yeah. contact.
0: Uh, you also do have to be a candidate for LASIK, ah. which has to do with things that are, Way above my pay grade. Sure, uh, yes. But there, I mean, you can have terrible vision, but technically you're not a candidate because of the shape of your, you know, cortex uh, or whatever, you know, whatever it might be yeah. scientifically. So I'm not saying here, like, go do it. It'll work for you because it might not. It sure. just depends on if you're a candidate. Like, I don't know about you having that kind of injury Sure, if that would make you not a candidate anymore because it's not related to your vision getting poor. It's actually related to an injury you had. Sure. Don't know it's something to look into yeah, for but sure Yeah, all you have to do is get a free consultation it's free consultations right. are
1: free free is good i appreciate free that's where i started and i was like
0: <laughs> dang i actually want to do this
1: so there we go yeah. there we go maybe i'll hit that up i will keep my recommendations very brief because we've got so many good ones from matt we don't need much more to hear from me um it's it's an easy one we are watching the finale of uh, last of us season one tonight um and me and Brittany have been playing through last of us part two on my playstation 4 and so um i'm just gonna recommend that like for at this point when this episode comes out the finale will be out you will have seen it most likely um and if you are itching for that little bit of last of us world experience go play part yeah. two it or,
0: is, or watch somebody stream it or watch somebody play a, it. if you're exactly. not a gamer if, go if, watch somebody stream it yes that's yeah.
1: what britney did with part one she watched her favorite streamer play through it and then was like i want to Play part two myself. I know what the heck's gonna happen. Exactly. And Let so, me tell you. <laughs> stuff happens <laughs> yeah. for sure. Like, I, I i would recommend for sure if you know you're gonna watch part two and you're or season two and you're interested in the story, play through it. Like, you're gonna experience some incredible storytelling, some incredible writing, some incredible acting, voice acting, all of the above. Um, I would say part two is maybe my favorite gaming yeah. experience it's, of all time.
0: That, I mean, it, it has to be said, is the greatest story for a game yeah. like ever ever created it just doesn't get any better than that and if people who have only watched the show are watching the first one and are very impressed then yeah you i mean it's just going to get better it keep, really is keep going to get better keep going <laughs> it's um, going to keep killing you emotionally but it's going to it's going to be so good yes it's going to be so good
1: and so playing through it again a second time with britney who's playing it for the first time has been great cuz i'm reminded of all the things that i loved and i get to let her play all the fun stuff and i just get to do all the hard combat <laughs> bits um and so so i'm going to keep keep it keep keep it simple um check out last of us uh, 2 um or Love just that. watch it as well so yeah,
0: yeah if you want to wait for season 2 that's that's also a great way to do it uh it's a ways away probably it's a ways away so yeah if you're itching it, it i i mean the way the first one's going if you played the game you will get the the right You'll get the story because exactly. it's it's all been done so well that everything is exactly the same. It's, the, it's yeah. an easy transition so, between. Yeah. Um, you're not so, missing story if you only watch the show and exactly. you're not missing anything that the show did differently, at least up to this point, if you only play the game. So
1: exactly. Yeah, exactly. So so that's my recommendation. Of course, Matt gave uh, a, a full list of great recommendations to check out. So, so you are coming away from this episode, not only with two great stories from us. But some really great recommendations uh to check out as well. So, um you're welcome. I'll say that.
0: Yeah. It's all about it's all about stories. Escape it, escape reality.
1: Exactly. Yeah. This yeah. world sucks. <laughs> this is stupid. Join stories. Join us That's right. in in the story That's world. Right. But thank you for for being here, for hanging out, for writing, for joining along in this little challenge. Um Man,
0: such such an honor to do this. Uh such a great idea. Like I'm telling you, you could this, this is something like, I'm just glad I'm here now because you could be doing this with, you know, who's Austin Butler. I don't King. know. Somebody who's like, a <laughs> still young, yeah. but you know, by the time you're doing this, they may be old. Sure. I mean, that could be happening one day because yeah. it's a great idea to like have somebody who is interesting, tell a story, mm-hmm. you know? So like you, if you know, people, one of these days, this, this is going to catch on and it's, it's going to be great. So I'm, I'm just happy I'm here now and, uh, it's great.
1: Absolutely. Thank yeah. you. And, and I'll end on this everybody is interesting. Everybody has a story that they want to tell whether they've done it or not. And so I'm glad that you were able to join me as one of my lifelong best friends. I've gotten to learn more about you, hear a story from you, and hopefully maybe you'll you'll hop back on the podcast at some point. I would love to have you back on, get a second story out of you.
0: That would be great. I would love that.
1: Fantastic. Well, we will... Let you get get out of here with, uh, with the rest of your time. Thank you for listening um, and, and check out future episodes. We've got some good stuff lined up, like I said, with some fun DMs, some other podcast hosts as well. I will not spoil anything for anybody, but thanks for being along for this journey and uh, we'll we'll see you soon. Stay toasty out there. S'more Stories is brought to you by the IndieSaurus Podcast Network, which is home to not just one great podcast, but tons of them. Maybe you're in the mood for a, let's say, a Hamtaro watch along podcast. How about a show that's doing a detailed deep dive into the famed Left Behind book series? Well, you're in luck with Ham Radio and I Survived the Rapture, just two of the many great shows on the Indiesaurus podcast network. And oh yeah, The Sally Dwellers is on there too. Follow us on Instagram at S'more Stories Pod or Colby McHugh. I'll reach out on there for topics periodically, so be sure to submit your best and weirdest. And if you want to follow along with the episodes, feel free to send any stories you've written to smorestoriespod at gmail.com. Whether you want notes or just someone to put eyes on a story, send it my way. Music and lyrics by Evan McHugh, whose great songs can be found anywhere and everywhere. Go buy them. Logo design by Brittany Wyland, whose work can be found at mess dot and dot magic on Instagram. Thanks for listening, everyone, and stay toasty.